0: It's a cookery book, thought Jill, without much interest, and glanced over her shoulder. The giantess's eyes were shut, but she didn't look as if she were properly asleep yet. Jill glanced back at the book. It was arranged alphabetically, and at the very next entry, her heart seemed to stop beating. It ran, Man, this elegant little biped has long been valued as a delicacy. It forms a traditional part of the autumn feast and is served between the fish and joint."
1: Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast, where we are doing a chapter by chapter deep dive into the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I'm Kel. And I'm Chase. And thank you so much for joining us. Just a reminder that today we're going to be talking about the sixth book of the series, The Silver Chair. But general spoiler warning for the whole Narnia series, as well as a heads up that we'll go on a tangent into other stories that we enjoy along the way. Uh, we'll do our best to give spoiler warnings, but if there's any if there's anything too far out there, but today we're discussing Chapter Nine of The Silver Chair: How They Discovered Something Worth Knowing and they I mean, just, they discover it, it.
0: They kinda they they discover it. Sure, it was worth knowing. It was it's worth knowing.
1: Like you know when you discover something, but don't ever tell anyone about it and actually have a conversation. Uh, it's like
0: when you walk into the wrong shop and don't realize till you're walking out the back door that you were in the wrong sh- shop. Yeah, it's, it's about that. It was worth knowing. Yeah. But uh With I'll all get that, into our summary as I realize why we're why we're lingering here.
1: You know, I guess that's a good thing to do.
0: Now, we just like to kill time on this podcast, just like uh and, C.S. Lewis.
1: And and uh it's it's not plot.
0: <laughs> I mean we can spend as much time here as possible, and that'll just uh make it seem like this was a full podcast. But the stuff did happen in this chapter, and I'll tell you about it, Kel. Good. Um So, once the king and queen of the giants had left on their hunting trip, Jill put on a show of touring the castle, acting childish while giggling, asking questions. She was honestly delightful everyone she came across, many of which called her poor little thing, though no one really said why. Uh, She made friends with the cook and learned that there was a door out of the castle through the kitchen. And she even made a show of telling people how excited she was for the feast, and oh, she just wishes it was sooner. Then they had lunch, but halfway through, Puddle Glum just went pale and told them, stop eating. They had been dining on venison, but then overheard the other table remarking how the stag had claimed it would be too tough to eat when they had caught it, and they realized they were eating a talking stag. And it is not okay to kill and eat Narnia and talking animals if you aren't caught up on the series. Uh, Joe felt bad for the stag. Scrub felt worse because he had been friends with the talking beast on his previous trip to Narnia. And Puddleglum felt sick as though he were eating a murdered baby and said they had brought anger on, the anger of Aslan on themselves. None of them ate any more lunch and then snuck out the hall to the kitchen where they found that the back door of the scullery was left open for the cats. Because there's cats. Not, doesn't come up again. Uh, the giantess that was working in the kitchen decided to take a nap, and they knew it was almost time for their escape. While they waited for her to fall asleep, Jill looked around and noticed a cookbook, and was horrified to see a recipe for man in it. She pointed out to Scrub and Puddle Glum, who read and also saw an entry for Marshwiggle Wiggle, because alphabet. Then they saw that the giantess had fully nodded off into her nap, and they tiptoed out through the back door and into the sunlight. They found the steep road that led down from the castle and could see the ruined city in the distance, but they also realized that all the windows of the castle now faced them, there was little cover to run to, and they had been dressed in brightly colored clothes by the giants. They decided to keep going and Peddleglum said not to look back but also not to run, to keep going as if they were just taking a nice stroll maybe they wouldn't be noticed. Then, after a while, came a noise, a hunting horn. The hunting party was about half a mile away returning, and they had been spotted. They ran, and the giants ran after them. Jill trailed behind a bit, tripping over the long dress she was in. The marsh wiggle was ahead of them because of his long legs. And When he got to the bottom of the giant staircase, he stopped for a second, looking at a hole to the right of the stairs, and then jumped into it. Scrub caught up, hesitated, and then vanished after him. And when Jill finally came to the crag, she had to follow after them as well. They all crawled in and began filling the opening with rocks from the cave to keep the hunting dogs from getting to them. They held hands in the blackness of the cave and found they could stand up and wondered, well, should we stay here? Would it be better to go back and be eaten by giants and stuck in this cave? Then suddenly they found themselves sliding down a steep slope through the darkness. They found themselves falling farther and farther and faster and the ground giving out beneath them they reached the bottom and though they were beaten up by the fall they didn't appear to have broken any bones they sat in the darkness not knowing what to do they would never be able to get back up that slope again then a strange voice came out of the darkness what make you here creatures of the overworld
1: creatures of the overworld chase i am the
0: underminer
1: Everything is uh, everything is below you, but nothing is beneath me.
0: A solid catchphrase.
1: It's really good. Got
0: it built out more.
1: I think "Creatures of the Overworld" sounds like a really intense, like metal band. Mm. Like we are creatures of the overworld.
0: Yeah, it's just like a pop punk band that never quite broke
1: through. They, they never did because they were a little they. they just were a little too much.
0: Yeah, honestly, a little bit too uh, mainstream for my taste. I prefer the
1: more anarchist strain. I bet you're <laughs> just a creature of the overworld, man. Dude, that's a uh, corporate America. Am I right? And speaking of corporate America, let's uh let's talk about
0: you today's know, podcast is sponsored by
1: corporate America. <laughs> All of it. All of by
0: the it. corporations. Honestly, Say thank, thank you podcast. to your friendly corporation today.
1: I'd take, I Let's be real. I would take a sponsorship by corporate America.
0: <laughs> Just by the vague concept of corporate America.
1: They would be giving us money, Chase.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Climbing the Corporate Ladder. Don't they quit get your a- job and do something new. Keep on climbing. This is Dude. a race for rats, and you're a rat. It's a race.
1: <laughs> you're a rat. All right. Well, on that note, you know, let's, uh, these, these, these kids, this marsh Wiggle, who are treated like rats, you know, uh, so we come upon the chapters opening where the hunting party is set off, uh, and Jill has basically decided that she is going to, you know, put on a great act for everyone. She's going to be really sweet. She's going to be really like, she's going to act like, you know, a child and, you know, really steer into that thought that they have of her. And I just want to make, I just want to read one line real quick, Chase. And I think we just move past it. As we do, we just want to acknowledge it, and we just want to move past it.
0: Just want to make the point that C.S. Lewis did, in fact, write these words in a book.
1: These are, Children. These are words that, if this was a very different podcast, we could laugh and laugh about them. But we're not. We're just going to read it because, as she is, you know, trying to like deceive everyone with her kindness, with her baby talk, and all that, he makes the line. She made love to everyone, the grooms, the porters, the housemaids, the ladies-in-waiting, and the elderly giant lord whose hunting days were past. She submitted to being kissed and pawed about by any number of giantesses, who se- many of whom seemed sorry for her and called her a poor little thing, though none of them explained why. Chase obviously, <coughs> obviously. That has no other connotation as a phrase than that she was kind and, you know, was very loving towards everyone.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, what's actually happening here is Jill realizes that the best way for them to go unnoticed is to lean into the way the Giants have been treating her the whole time because they've essentially been treating her like a baby, like big, big, given her a, a maid like a nursing maid to watch after her, who's been treating her like a child and they are very small compared to the giants. So arguably would look like giant babies or children, but uh, yeah, phrasing but to see us Lewis.
1: What a phrase. She's just, she just made love to everyone chase. Uh, but in her process, you know, she acting as a baby, um, she's doing a great job of convincing everyone. Uh she's gone, oh man, I wish it was tomorrow night already, don't you? And they're all, you know, starting to like cry and be sad because they realize like that no one's explaining why, but the giants realize, oh man, this poor kid, like it'd be it's gonna be a bummer when we do inevitably have to eat her.
0: Yeah. This I mean, if they are still planning to eat her at this point, that honestly makes the uh it that much worse because like this would be like you adopted a puppy for the weekend and then ate it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like Jill's going around endearing herself to everybody, making friends with everybody. There's not a person in this castle who's not like, oh, they're they're dear little things of that age. It almost right. seems a pity, um, and they're still gonna cook them. <laughs> they're still just gonna eat them.
1: Look, man, autumn feast has got an autumn feast.
0: It, it really do. It really do. Even the Marsh Wiggle, they, you can you can dole down the flavor and make it less tough if you really stew it right. Oh,
1: we'll get to there. But before we do, you know, our our lovely meal uh, time guests, they have to, you know, enjoy lunch themselves. And so they're eating some cold venison, uh, a food which Jill had never had before. But all of a sudden, Puddle Glum gets extremely pale and, you know, gets, you know, very weird. He says, "Don't eat another bite." And they're confused, and they're asking, "What's going on?" And he, they realize that they have been eating a talking animal, a talking deer from Narnia, because uh, when they were describing the venison to them, it said, "Don't kill me. I'm tough. You won't like me." And which is, it brings up an interesting question here, Chase, because like they make a distinction between like, yeah, the you know the regular deer and the talking deer of Narnia. One would have been, you know, despicable to eat and marsh and puddle glum feels despicable. Like what is cannibalism?
0: I mean, I don't think it's that in this case, because they are not stags. Um I don't this has been an issue. Through a lot of the series, because like they've always eaten meat in Narnia, but like the firm, like the bright line has been between like you don't eat talking animals though, but also like in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, part of the tragedy of the witch's reign is that more and more of the, an- or no, that in Prince Caspian, part of the tragedy of the Talarimans. I love a part of their whole thing was like, Oh, well the beasts, the talking beasts are to- acting like regular beasts now and stopping talking like it. So I don't know. I, I don't know where the actual line is here, but it's important to C.S. Lewis that, you know, that there's a line and that this is very, very not okay.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just an interesting point because I agree with them, but it's hard to put a label to it. Right. Because, it's not like a human eating a human cannibalism, but it is a person eating a person.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like the, I mean, if you want to take it to the biblical allegory side of things, like the blurry line of talking animal, non-talking animal is a lot more clear in like the actual creation setup up because humans are the only ones that have God's image and are set apart in that way. And right. So there's no question of who is, who's, who becomes cannibalized and who's not if you decide to eat them. Sure. But, but like, this, I, right. I would compare it more to like, cleanness and unclean laws. But it seems to be higher than that in the Narnian side. So.
1: Well, like like I said, it's the it's the nature of personhood. You know, it's like clearly talking animals are people. They are persons. You know. Um, and so I don't know if, like, if they would label this as cannibalism or if they have, like, a specific term. But regardless, it's not great. It's not a good thing. Oh, it's not, so,
0: not the best. Definitely don't blame Poglum for uh, being real torn up about it.
1: Absolutely. So torn up that he's like, hey, we are cursed now. Like, And maybe uh, they are, but I've, maybe they've been cursed for a while because they've done such a bad job of following the signs. But ultimately, it really doesn't matter.
0: I mean, honestly, this whole family's curse. Like, what else would you call it if you constantly accidentally stumble into another world that's trying to kill you at any given moment?
1: And you have to just keep saving them. Like, uh,
0: Nar- Narnia is kind of a curse. Honestly, that Narnia.
1: Get your stuff together. Yeah. Like, Real dependent on the Pevensey family. And
0: if only, but- uh, if only there was some swift, just quick way to get them out of that situation. You know, well, like, Shane, like the if they could news- just like get on a train and like go somewhere else and not, not have to deal with it anymore.
1: The good news is <laughs> there is a train next book. Spoiler. Oh, but there's also a very swift way to get out of this situation because yeah. in the next page, after they, you know, get over their sick, they're like feeling gross and sick and about what they've just done. They're, they're chilling in the kitchen uh, with the the little like scullery maid the cook uh, and as she's falling asleep they're trying to plan out their their exit plan their escape uh, but they're just waiting for her to fall asleep and all of a sudden to distract yourself while the little giantess is falling asleep Joe's like oh look at this it's a, it's a cookbook and wouldn't you know I it hope. chase like there it's already opened up to, to a few pages a few a few of the you know Entries, and it's all alphabetical, which is nice. Starts with mallard, which is a duck. So it's like, oh, great.
0: Can be cooked in a variety of ways.
1: Which, let's be real. How, how appetizing is a mallard for a giant, Chase?
0: Yeah. I mean, you that have have that's my that. problem with this whole section of the cookbook. Is that, first of all, you would call that a duck or a goose. Not like it wouldn't be under Mallard. Just like man would probably be under human, but I think this is solely set up so that man could be next to Marshwiggle.
1: You're absolutely right. And we'll get to that in a second. But let's stick on the portion size thing, because we've had this argument already. <laughs> but like it makes no sense because at best three giants can enjoy this small appetizer.
0: Yeah, this would be on a toothpick for them.
1: This is, this is like, you know, you're walking around at a wedding and someone's gives you like a little, like, like little, you know, pigs in a blanket or they give you a little like finger sandwich or like a little like yeah. skewed hot dog or whatever. Like
0: how much, like, cause that even goes back to the talking stag situation. Like how much meat would you got- to feed like a table of giants?
1: A table of giants, a palace full of giants, they've got to be killing hundreds of deer and hundreds of mallards.
0: I don't like, think it's sustainable.
1: No, they're going to they wipe a out. They different food source. Maybe, do you think that's why the city is ruined? Like,
0: I mean, I think the city is ruined so because they all ate each other, but...
1: It, they, you know, they could have. But we digress.
0: They moved slightly uphill.
1: Yeah. they. Th- we digress. They so she's reading this book and she sees, Oh, Mallard, it's a cookbook. She keeps reading, and wouldn't you know it, Chase? The next thing alphabetically is man. Uh, and and they realize, Oh, they're gonna cook, they eat humans, but they never say it.
0: No, it's never actually said out loud, which sure, like, I think there's a way to never say it out loud that would be sure. effective. You just don't give us any emotion or panic. You just sneak, like, tiptoe out the back door.
1: Right. Because immediately, she Mm -hmm. nudges Eustace and Puddleglum uh, and uh, says, hey, like, this is, the next page is Marsh Wiggle. They realize all three of them are their meal without saying it to each other, which is fine. But then they, you know, as the giantess is, like, in a state of, like, semi-sleep, they just leave. There is no like, oh my gosh, we're being thrown into the pot. There yeah. is no, oh man, we've got to save you know Puddle because he was drunk and like you know they they you know put him immediately in the oven. There's no, oh like what are we gonna do? We're trapped. They're gonna eat us. They're you know fattening us up. They're turning the heat up. Nope, they just leave.
0: No, the doors open for the cats, so they just walk out that door. No one notices. I don't think no one would have noticed. <laughs> It, like, the whole free reign of the castle, which, I mean, it's why Jill is being very nice to everyone at the beginning of the of right. the chapter, is so that they can have free reign of the castle and, like, go where they want and not be noticed because they'd already been seen everywhere. Like, that's actually right. a really good plan. It's sure. just never laid out as the plan. It just kind of happens. And the same thing here, like, they learn there's a door that's open so they just hang out until they've got a clear shot to just walk out the door
1: and they leave but here's the here's the another thing that arises so they leave they go into the wilderness whatever i would have liked to spend more time with them escaping more time with them being trapped by the giants out of all the 5 chapters or whatever we've had with the harfang clan nothing happens we don't learn anything yeah. but what they like they, they escape into the mountain, and then they're wearing the clothes that they were put in. Jill is in a green dress, like, that's too big for her. And Eustace is in a scarlet, you know, outfit with, like, a blue tunic and cloak. And they gave him a sword.
0: I miss that.
1: What? <laughs> <It says, laughs> yeah, it says, Eustace had scarlet stockings, blue tunic and cloak, a gold-hilted sword, and a feathered bonnet, so he's like a he looks like a cavalier or like a musketeer or something like that. But that's I, like, that's too far. <laughs> depending on eating him, why did they give him a sword?
0: Yeah, why would you give your house guest any kind of weapon? Why like would you people give you your- come to like stay on on my couch? I don't give them a gun. No, I don't. Having- I don't own a gun, anyways. But like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go buy one to give. <laughs> I don't know if you give, ever, give like, them a knife or anything else.
1: Totally. I don't know if you've ever cooked, like, crawfish or, like, something like that. But I don't arch them.
0: I do give the
1: crawfish a
0: knife. Give so, them a good fight chance. Mainly them. because I like to make viral YouTube videos before eating my crawfish. <laughs> I've seen that video. Like, isn't okay. there a video of a crawfish, like, running with a knife?
1: Absolutely. But I like, feel like I've
0: seen that video.
1: Basically. You don't arm your food before you eat it. Like, that's, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, that's a weird move.
1: Again, C.S. Lewis, maybe think through, like, as they were running out, he saw a sword and grabbed one. Great. Like, but why would they give you one? Dumb.
0: Also, why do they have a human-sized sword? Like, a nice human-sized sword just ready.
1: Because they ate him. But, like, But, like,
0: why not use that, like, as a toothpick now?
1: (laughs) It makes no sense, Chase. But whatever. Puddleglum is still in his clothes that he was drunk in, and he makes fun of them because they're wearing bright colors that stand out very much against the dull background, which is fair. You know, he's, he's like, well, man, worst archer in the world could still hit you two. And, like, Puddleglum, king of sass, let's be real. Yeah. Uh, Is, is it the time or place? We can't it-
0: quite tell, because they're not being <laughs> pursued yet.
1: Right. So they, they're just like, like Puddle gums like, alright, be cool, just act like we know what we're doing, and they make their way like through the city, and uh, they hear the hunting horn, Puddle gums like, don't run yet until I give word, and then, like, suddenly they just hear all the voices arise, and like, the shouts and hollers, and Puddle Gloom's like, okay, now run. Which is like, it's literally like two sentences after he says, don't run. What was the point of them even saying, don't run yet?
0: They're being stealthy. I mean, I think it was like a, because the entire castle's windows are are looking down at them. So if anyone sees them, like, there's going to be like, what are, the, what are the humans doing outside? And so if they're running, it's clear they're escaping. If they're I'm- just out for a walk.
1: I'm fine with the stealth, but let it build. Don't just resolve it with a sentence later. Like
0: Yeah. If they like passed a gardener who was like out front and like, where are they're... you off to? Oh, we're just out for a stroll. Like yeah. that would be The
1: Cook sent better. us to find the cat. Like
0: Yeah, like there there's other ways to deal with this.
1: Show me some Odysseus like, you know, cleverness here. Yeah. Don't just all right, we're walking. Be cool. Oh, wait, now we're running. Like, yeah, uh, it, whatever. It's a, it's a, it's a small knit to pick, but that's what we're here mm-hmm. for.
0: I mean, all, all the nits in this book are, are small, but they, they are. Uh, of uh, That's <laughs> that our,
1: that's our mind? new, that's our new podcast title.
0: But Can we go back and change all the podcasts. I year? would
1: like to, do. that would be ideal. All like 60, 70, whatever that we've done. There's a lot. There's a lot at this point. Not at this point. Um, but we uh, we finally, like, they, they start running. Uh, and Glum, obviously, he has the longest legs. Uh, and as they're descending the staircase, um, he sees a little, like, cave, a little hole. And he jumps into it. Uh, and then Eustace comes up about behind him, hesitates, jumps in. And then Jill, last of all, uh, sees them has no choice but to follow them after them. And uh, Puddle Glum is like, hey, we need to fill this cave with a bunch of rocks so the giants don't see us. And they're like, great, great idea. We should definitely yeah. trap ourselves yeah. in this cave. Which,
0: like, if I know anything about dogs, they can dig through some small rocks.
1: <laughs> you know?
0: Because they're being chased by a hunting party. Like, like, the dogs, first of all, should have caught up with them by now. And then also, like, giants have giant legs. They should be faster than them.
1: Yeah, maybe they're malnourished from eating so little food.
0: They're really, really tall, but super malnourished.
1: Yeah, all their hunting dogs are, you know, useless because they don't have any meat because they've, you know, killed all the deer and mallards in the area.
0: There's just no food left over. And the hey, countryside is stripped
1: bare. And who are you gonna, who are you going to feed your you know the giants yourselves or the you know your hunting dogs, you know?
0: I'm, I know I don't feed my dog.
1: It's economics, man. Uh, it's inflation, bro. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so they they pile themselves in this little cave, uh, and once they're chilling in there, they realize they can kind of stand up and walk around. And Puddleglum, out of nowhere, decides to be super cynical. Pulls a real Israelites leaving Egypt move here. He's like, now we got a question, like, would it be better to just be eaten by the giants than be trapped under this cave, you know, where there's probably like a dragon and, you know, deep holes and gases of art than
0: mid sentence. What a weird time to get Stockholm Syndrome.
1: Right. Like, he's like, man, maybe it would have been better to just be eaten alive. Like,
0: Yeah, that... That was a weird, weird move. I mean, I guess they didn't have much to say because you can't see anything in this cave at
1: all. They got to find something. But, like, why not just be like, like, the whole time, it would have been more in long line with this character to go, like, hey, we don't know what's going on. There could be, like, stuff going around. Let's all, like, gather around, like, join hands. Well, you know, because danger could be anywhere. And then have, like, what happens of, like, mid-sentence, he just falls down this, like, like shoot? Or like a you know, a some sort of ramp or a tunnel?
0: You know, the classic trapdoor slide. Trap
1: the trapdoor.
0: Every m- ch- children's movie? I don't know.
1: Scooby-Doo over here is like it happens more than you'd think.
0: Uh, not relevant but the like theme song for What's New Scooby-Doo has been stuck in my head for the last four days straight.
1: It is a banger. I mean It is.
0: It's it's like a pop punk classic Scooby-Do.
1: What's Scooby-Do? We're coming after you. Who who sings it? Because it's like an actual band. No, right? it's an
0: actual band. I forget and I could look it up, but that seems like a lot of work. But it uh we we were listening to early two thousands music on a on a trip I was on this last weekend and
1: uh, Oh dude, you know who it's it's, it's simple plan every every angsty teen is like yes let's go <laughs> Dude,
0: it's it's a classic that's fine it, it's a it's a good era of music it's a good vocal tone to go back to
1: absolutely no that's fantastic but uh, you know scooby-doo aside uh, and great music aside they fall down this tunnel this slide this shoot this trap door they're banging around against the stones in there. But luckily not breaking any bones, just you know, getting bruised and the covered doctors, in
0: blood at the bottom? Question mark?
1: Maybe. they like the, the there appeared to be blood, but like we don't know what it is at this point. So yeah. assuming it's not blood.
0: They they get to the bottom just covered in bruises and should be dead from the sound of it. Like it sounds like know, a very f-
1: far drop. Right. Like they say, you know, like I'm trying to find the, like they're, they're way, way down there. Uh, And, you know, they're, they're just like, all right, cool. There's nothing we can do. But like, like they, they, like Puddle Club's like, I think we fell about a mile. Chase, you know how far a mile up or down is?
0: That's the Grand Canyon. (laughs)
1: Like Like, this is a ridiculous amount. Like like obviously this might be a hyperbole, but like if it's not, a mile is a crazy length. Like that is a huge number to fall. Yeah. And also They should be dead. What,
0: they might and be. also
1: let's uh let's call something out here. C.S. Lewis, you're British, you're falling a mile. We might have fallen a kilometer we've fallen 2.2 2 kilometers or, like, whatever, you know, like, 1.67 kilometers. Like, yeah,
0: Falling a kilometer is still a far distance.
1: Still. Far away. Also, it's pitch direction.
0: black, so they have no idea how far they've fallen.
1: If, but, like, for them to have fallen a mile, like, that is, that would take so long. Like, you would be falling for, like, what 20 seconds 30 seconds
0: i mean it sounds like they were falling for a good couple minutes but they're like sliding down a steep slope
1: yeah but rounds
0: given out from beneath their feet
1: they're falling and hitting rocks though (laughs) but yeah they should be dead they should be dead but arguably which is good for our story
0: underworld imagery they kind of are dead
1: They're They're not not dead. Don't worry,
0: listener, they're not dead. But like... They're not dead. But like, in the genre of storytelling we're in, they are the equivalent of being dead, which is being in the underworld.
1: They are in the underworld, because as they they realize, they don't have their tinderbox. They don't have any food or drinks. They are just them by themselves. Hopefully, Eustace hasn't stabbed himself with the sword that he got from the giants. Uh, But they're walking around trying to like figure out what to do. And there's not a lot they can do because they can't go back up. It's too dark to see anything. And then they hear a voice and it's not the voice that they were hoping to hear being Aslan. It is a voice that is dark and flat. Uh, C.S. Lewis describes it as a pitch black voice. If you know what that means, which I don't, but I'll go along with it. Uh, And it says what make you here creatures of the overworld and what make us here chase what grammar is that <laughs> what what make you here you know what, what make, make you here you here? here what make you here i think what we should just spend the next here? like 10, 15 minutes just <laughs> saying this phrase in different <laughs> emphasis. I...
0: I read it over like ten times last night. Just been like, did I miss a, a word? Like, is this book misprinted? What's happening?
1: What makes you, you know? Uh I have you, like this just reminds me of the college Huber Batman, where he's like testing his voice out and he's like, Where are the other drugs going? <laughs> and just you just say it over and over until it sounds right. Uh, that's how I feel with this. It's uh It's also the cliffhanger of this chapter. Man, and here's the thing. This This is a good cliffhanger.
0: Yeah, this is an actual cliffhanger. I just wish we had had other stuff happen.
1: Yeah, this this would have been a great way to end their escape. Like, this is a great way to end the escape. But, like, let the escape be a chapter in its own. Let the Harfangs be two really good, suspenseful chapters, and you're good.
0: Let them meet a giant who is endeared to them and decides, like, to let them in on the secret and help them escape because they don't think that they should eat. Like, let let there be a moral reason that they
1: escape. Or, like, let let them discover, like, human bones or, like, let them start putting the pieces together, you know? Let
0: them have more than a sentence of emotional reaction to something.
1: Right. Let them
0: discuss the consequences of something.
1: They just escape, and they find themselves in the underworld, or at least not the overworld. Uh,
0: but what chase makes them
1: here. What? What make you? What make them here? You know, uh, what
0: make, Kel. What? What make you further up and further in? <laughs>
1: I'd love to tell you. I'd love to tell you about my further up and further in. Mine uh, today, our further up and further in, uh, regards the surprising amount of of hidden discoveries of cannibalism in fiction we mentioned this earlier about what is actual cannibalism is it the eating of a human or the eating of a person's you know uh, of intelligent beings regardless uh there is a surprising amount of tropes where like cannibalism is used as the uh the driving force behind getting someone somewhere else or you know behind an evil person uh trying to Take down like your protagonist. Uh, obviously, this is happening here with the giants trying to sneakily consume uh, our protagonists uh, in the autumn feast. Uh, you see this in Hansel and Gretel, where they're led into the gingerbread house in the forest and fattened up to be cooked and eaten by the witch. Depending on which version of the story you read, she's so sometimes successful, sometimes not. Uh, you know, um, you look at you know the Odyssey. You have Polyphemus, the the Cyclops, and the Laestrygonians uh, who are seeking to consume and eat, uh, these humans, um, in the walking dead, you know, spoiler alert, if you've never seen that, but there is a, uh, a, a village, a community that lures the, you know, the good guys into them with the false promise of safety only to start eating them. Right. There's Sweeney Todd, whose whole, you know, serial killer business is built on, uh, uh murdering people, uh, and then turning them into meat pies because there's a lack of meat in industrial London. Uh, there is a surprising amount of cannibalism used as a way of like, hey, come in we'll you know we'll treat you with hospitality and then boom, all of a sudden you're a meat pie uh, being eaten by a demon barber. Um, that's how it goes uh, in this world and i I think when we when you start looking at what is the purpose of this it's to question hospitality, right because the only way to get close enough for someone to eat you is to be in their presence, right? You have like, generally, like you are being, uh, you know, treated with kindness and hospitality will be lured in somewhere. And so it's, I think there's a, an era of, of going, Hey, we should be questioning, you know, motives. There should be, if something seems too good to be true, it might be. Uh, and you know, we should be discerning and, and, you know, questioning people. Uh, and not just take things as they as they're worth, especially if those things and those people are giants who happen to have uh, a bunch of empty human sized clothes uh, when and no humans to fill them. Uh, but Chase, that's all we've got for further up and further in today. Uh, next I week, we will I be don't heading... know.
0: I don't know what Sweeney Todd is about. <laughs> I just we... learned something today.
1: Sweeney Todd, Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I've uh, heard it's been... a
0: great musical. Just haven't uh, gotten around to yeah. see it.
1: It's a it's a real fun musical about murder and eating people uh, for revenge.
0: Kind of want to see it now. <laughs> it sounds interesting.
1: It is. It is interesting. It is very dark. Uh, like as, sounds as like you it. Know by subject matter, it's dark.
0: I uh, mean, a lot of good plays and musicals are.
1: Sure, you know, Les Mis uh, is some would say is French for the Miserables, uh, yeah. but you know. Les it is Miserables. what it is. Uh, Les Miserables, the play about a very famous successful French Revolution. Oh, wait.
0: Who's there? French Revolution!
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> he did. Uh, but, Chase, all that to say, next week, we'll be heading into the underworld, or not the overworld, and we'll be discovering are they dead? Is Aslan there? Who are these people that are talking to them, and more. But Chase, before we answer those questions next week, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find more of our podcast?
0: Well, if you want to die with us, uh, you can find us at Chronicles of Podcasts on Instagram. You can find this podcast wherever you get podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you hang out. And while you're there, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and review to help people find us. Tell your friends if they like the Narnia series. And yeah, we will see you next week to explore the
1: underworld. The Underminer.
0: I am the Underminer.
1: Nothing is beneath us, listeners. They don't even acknowledge the fact that, like, like the fact that they're about to be cooked and eaten is like a paragraph. Is that
0: the thing worth knowing?
1: Like, is that the thing worth knowing? Or like, like I would assume that that's what they're talking about.
0: The thing worth knowing could be that Jill can be delightful if she tries hard enough. Or
1: I believe the phrase you meant to use was she meant- made love. To everyone.